Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast, here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Wednesday, August 11, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Well, the big picture is we have a potential of two canaries and a melt-up into a potential cycle turning date or weekend, we'll call it. Remember we discussed the other day, we have what I believe is the culmination of a cycle that really falls on the weekend, so it's Friday slash Monday, and then there's another one back to back for a different reason the following Friday to Monday. So there should be some kind of activity, either a culmination into, doesn't have to be long term, but some kind of a high, maybe it'll morph into something more, we don't know yet. Could also be a low. Just because the market went up today doesn't mean the market's going to go up into Friday or Monday. We don't know yet. It's a turning point. Could be a high, could be a low. We're looking for what the market is doing, what the trend is leading into that time frame. What about the two canary story? We'll get to that later. What's jumping off the page at us? The market once again made another new high. The market's on a grinding, chop shop, slow motion melt-up operation. Where is it headed? We're in no man's land, so we don't know for sure, but the only number that I come up with that makes sense to me is 450.24 is the actual number. Could be a range down as low as 448.90. That's the zone I've identified. We discussed it a while ago. It's not really important how it got there right now. What's important is... As we melt up into no man's land, that's an area to keep an eye on. Let's look at something interesting in the spirit of there are no accidents nor coincidences in the market, period, full stop. So here, the candle ending at 11.30 a.m. today, that's a breakdown candle. Okay, fair enough. So what does the market do? Obviously, the market comes down to fill the gap left open from yesterday. You're gonna find that inside the numbers later. Nobody was surprised at that. I wasn't exactly 100% comfortable in the way in which they did it, so I didn't take a trade at the gap, but there certainly were plenty of traders that did. 442.66 is the line, that was the gap, that's the thing. Now, they begin to creep back up toward the breakdown candle high. Okay, get this one. The breakdown candle high is 443.73. The closing print is 443.74. There are no accidents nor coincidences. We're gonna take that as a bullish tip-off. But wait, there's more. The high today was made, this is the 120-minute chart, the high today was made at exactly 443.88. So that's the high of this 120-minute candle, breakdown candle high, if you will. Now, we know the routine. Couple of things are likely. A, they're going to gap above that in the morning. Or, if they do end up trading through it and closing above it, first on a short-term candle basis, then hourly, then a two-hour, then a four-hour, then a daily, and so on. That same energy that is generally released in the southern direction with a breakdown candle will then be released in the northern direction and put the market closer to that elusive spot somewhere in the neighborhood of 450, give or take. All the other charts are pretty much going to depict the same thing. 
they're trading right around the highs. I think the most important thing on the board was the hourly chart and that 443.73, That little dance is not for nothing. Here's a five minute chart. Remember, in the last couple of minutes of the day, they jammed the market up to close at a specific price. There's no accidents. They closed one penny above that price for a reason. And they did it in the last minute or two of the day for a reason. They could have closed below, but they didn't. It's bullish. Let's check out inside the numbers and then we'll circle back to some other stuff. Remember, we have a pair of canaries. What I want you to do is pay attention to the notes. There's important stuff in here. Go back to the charts and double check the work. Pause the video as we go along. We're not going to go over every single note in detail. I'm going to highlight a couple of things. But I want you, if you're interested and you're actively trading in the market during the trading day, pay attention to the notes. There's benefit in here. There's value in here. There's solid information in here. It's hump day. We woke up pretty close to the flat line. Not eventful whatsoever. In the early thoughts, zero dark 30, we have a little bit of an ad lib on the bill that was passed through the Senate. We don't need to worry about that. Remember 441.75 from yesterday. That would still be support if reached. They never got down there. However, it was on the board bright and early. We've got to know both sides of the tape. It's important. you got to show up in uniform, ready to go. Now watch this one. On the flip side, 442.70 is the spot up north the bulls need to recapture to push further into no man's land. So at the time of this writing, they were below that. Price was below that number. That's going to come back around within pennies a little bit later. Pay attention. Get out your notepad. Write stuff down. It's a learning opportunity. We're moving along, and we'll circle back to stocks on the move later. So the 8.30 data comes out. This morning we had CPI, and the morning activity was rather mundane and quiet leading up to the release of the CPI data. What happens? They goose the market. Any excuse is an excuse to goose the market. In an uptrend, the excuses are a dime a dozen. It's easy to find an excuse to goose the market up a few points in an uptrend. The magnetic force is essentially pulling the market up. As a general rule, 445 should be magnetic at some point sooner than later. It should have been 444. I was going to change it, but instead I wrote 444 later. You'll see that later on. Doesn't really make a difference. I don't like to change the notes that have been there unless it's something like within the last couple of minutes. That's one thing. But to go back and circle back and change stuff, I think that is a bad exercise. 932, 443, give or take, should be some support if reached sooner than later. The gap around 442.65, give or take, is the next number. This is 9.32. Five-minute chart, right of the vertical, today's activity. You know the routine. 4.43 is the top line. 4.42.66 was the actual gap, is the bottom line. That was your support. That was what I wanted to buy. But you see what happened here at the 11.20 candle, or the candle ending 11.20, the low was 442.72, and they had a pretty decent bounce away. That's a trade in and of itself, but they did it without me. I was waiting for the gap. That's the thing where they come up short by a few pennies, bounce away, come back and do it later. But when they come back and do it later, it's not the same trade. Doesn't mean you can't take the trade. It's not the same trade. 
I wasn't going to get into the trade around lunchtime, taking the risk that it wasn't the same trade and they go lower, then I have to sit around and watch it rather than get away from the screens for a while, which I like to do around midday. And therein lies one of the reasons why I didn't take the trade. It was certainly contributory. They didn't come in to the number in the manner in which I prefer. That's the main event. That's the main reason. But remember, the numbers work. You'll notice what the notes say around 443 is would provide some support, which it did, but the buy area was the gap. We're moving along. Let's see what else we have in the notes. Now, early on, you already saw the result of what happened, so you know the whole thing. But early on, they were in the middle. So they're either going to go up or they're going to come down. They're either going to go fill the gap or they're going to bust out. But you have to wait to see what happens. You can't guess and hop on, meaning a hop and hope. And you can't short the market hoping that it comes down and then all of a sudden you get one of these buy programs that sends the SPY up a buck real quick and you get a quick pie in the face. You don't want that either. You have to go with what the market is doing and then once the market does a thing that makes the most sense, for example, it reaches a destination or it's running sideways eating time off the clock and we have a support level and as long as it stays above the support level, we know that it's headed to the next destination or have a target and therefore we can be long under those type of circumstances, for example. But when they're just floating around first thing in the morning, we have to wait for the market to give us information. Guessing is like flipping a coin, but the only difference is with trading, you'll be wrong about 80% of the time. Of course, using the 80-20 rule. What I'm going to do here is scroll up. Pause the video, read the notes, go back to the charts, double check the work. You saw the result today. There was really only one thing to do, and the only thing there was was buy the gap. They didn't do it in the way I like it, but the only thing to do from where I sat was buy the gap. After that, it was just a ride them on a grind up operation all day long. That's it. And we're still moving along. What about stocks on the move? Sometimes the SPY gives you a lot of opportunity intraday. Sometimes it doesn't. But when you have stocks on the move, you see where we broaden things out a bit. We've got something for everybody. So here's a list of opportunity from this morning. There were seven potential opportunities on the board. And guess what? Five hit their numbers. So we'll take a look at five out of the seven charts. We'll look at SPCE, PRGO, WW, Wix, and PLBY, better known as Playboy. SPCE, it kind of creeped into the number. It's one of those, the number worked, it did the deal, it never gave you the rocket ride, it went up at the end of the day. Obviously, it was support and certainly provided more than the base hit. And we'll wrap it with the numbers work. You got to think about it for a minute. The closing price was 31.33 yesterday. So the thing is getting sliced and diced at the open. And again, is it a falling knife or is it headed for a destination? You decide. PRGO, there were three numbers on the board. I had an equal case that all three numbers had an equal opportunity to really bounce the market or bounce PRGO. So I put all three numbers up there. And what do you know? It opens Below two out of the three numbers, comes close to the third, bounces away, and then does the deal. 
So for me, it kept me away. But again, I know traders got the third number for an opportunity, and it was a great opportunity. But again, they didn't do it in the manner in which I prefer. But that's me. That's how I treat it as a business. Everybody runs their business differently. I can only tell you what I prefer. It's kind of a do as I say, do as I do. What I'm trying to do is teach you the proper way to have a long-term relationship with the market. Look, this thing closed yesterday up at 49 and change. It's getting sliced and diced, and it does the Macarena at the open. You can see right when it opened up, what did it do? It ran right back up toward the first price, through the first price. So we know that area is important by the fact that immediately it was rejected right back down. So we know the numbers are important. That doesn't mean that they're going to stop on a dime, give you an opportunity to get in the trade, like send you a postcard, and then finally reverse and go back in the other direction. Sometimes they just don't do it in a manner in which it lets you play the game. But when you look at this thing objectively, the third number was the deal. Came into the third number, even though it opened below the first two, the third number was the bullseye. 42.36 immediately reversed back in the other direction. And guess what? This doesn't look like much on a 15 minute chart, but the high here is 43.73. It's about a buck and a half on a $42 trade. That's a big deal for a scalp slash day trade. How about WW International? Check this out. The low of day in the first candle, the first 15 minutes of the day, was 23.55. My number was 23.52. Shit happens. Life of a trader, front runners, whatever it is. With 1.4 million shares traded in this candle, I'd say it was less front running and more they missed the number or my number was wrong. One of the two. Then they come back down into the number, go back and forth, the chop shop formation, and then they go back up. So essentially, the numbers work. They did the deal Technically, they did the deal, but missing by a penny and then coming back in or a few pennies, that's not the type of trade I'm going to take on the second go around. But the numbers work nonetheless. That's the takeaway. You're asking the question, does this stuff work? Is he bonkers? Well, yes, he's bonkers, but yes, it works. Wix, the first number didn't work. The second number really didn't work. They rallied back to it by the end of the day. They got stuck in the mud. Wix, I'm not going to say it was a shit burger. What I'm going to say was they ran out of time on the clock and it didn't work. I'm reluctant to call it a shit burger. It just didn't work yet. Remember, using the 80-20 rule, not every single trade from stocks on the move list is going to work. About 80% of them work. It's actually a little more, but we're rounding the numbers. That means somewhere in the neighborhood of 20%, it's actually more like 17%, are not going to work. That's the way this business works. You have to be prepared for that. It's just part of the thing. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Now, they closed above 223.50. They've really gone back and forth right underneath that number for quite some time. So we're taking it off the board. We don't really need it. What we also know is that they ate time off the clock underneath this for quite a while. They've been grinding rather than a pullback formation. And let me draw out what I'm referring to. So when a market goes up and it goes sideways or pulls back like this, 
it's winding up, it's building energy for another move higher. So it's consolidating, it gets a little bit compressed. It's not the same when it does this and it kind of creeps higher. That's not the same expectation as the pullback. Now, we're kind of splitting hairs here on the IWM. We go up, and they've basically gone back and forth. I wouldn't say it's a pullback. I wouldn't say it's anything. I would say they're eating time off the clock. I don't want to get nuanced on this. It was more important that I give you that little lesson. wasn't really directly related to the daily chart of the IWM. It just doesn't have the best look for one of those pullback slash consolidation type setups. But nonetheless, we have more than that anyway on the docket. Check this out. Remember the number from the SPY. We looked at it on the hourly chart. They closed above that hourly breakdown candle high by one penny. Okay, fair enough. What happened today? Into the end of the day, they ran up to close above that gap. The gap's not that big of a deal. It's this one right here from a few days ago on the 6th, and the gap was 223.39. So they closed above the gap. They closed above the 100 period moving average. They closed above 223.50. That was my number. That was my number before that gap was created to begin with. They did it all into the end of the day in the last few minutes, but this is a perpetual up move all day long, or at least all afternoon long. How about the hourly chart? Check this out. What do we have? How about a breakdown candle high to 23.06? How about closing above it in the second to last candle of the day and then above it into the end of the day? Isn't the same energy that would normally be released to the downside? So let's say they did this and they started to do this, but they didn't finish doing this. So they have a down move and then they creep up to run a test of the same price, which was also the breakdown area. Look, the market went sideways, it broke down, it's coming back to test the former breakdown area and a breakdown candle high. So you get a double whammy with that. Well, what happens? They get above the breakdown candle high, the same energy is gonna be released in the upward direction. So we have evidence that we're talking about. The evidence is from the SPY, closing above the thing, by one penny. We talked about that a couple of times. Then we have this scenario with the IWM. We talked about the daily chart, couple of nuances into the end of the day, they jam it up. All of a sudden we have a breakdown candle high from an hourly chart, energy gonna be released in the northern direction rather than the southern direction. So we have evidence pointing higher. We never hit 225.50, came up short on the sixth. So what does that tell you the likely scenario is? The likely scenario is that the high here, this pivot high, which is the gateway to higher numbers, 226.89, that's likely to get tested. That's the gateway where if they get above and they start pushing above, they have to close some candles above or they can just run up and spike it higher. That's the gateway to what? To the next breakdown candle high, right around 229.46, We'll call it 229 to 229.50, 230 while you're at it. All that stuff, if they do that, it's an if, but if they do that, that puts them above all the moving averages and it turns the trend on the daily chart back up. The IWM is my favorite market leading indicator. However, today 
we're using it as the secondary canary in the coal mine. We know what the first one is. It's the folks down at the transportation department. These dudes. And guess what? What were we talking about? 14760 They jammed them up today. Big day. Again, up almost 2% two days in a row. Closed above the important spot, above the 50-period moving average, and they're doing what we discussed. Well, we didn't exactly discuss that they will do this, but if they went up in this direction, we'd have to watch for this area, and if they got above that area, unless it's a one-day fake-out operation, they're likely going to go higher. Again, canary in the coal mine. We have to be realistic. Calling balls and strikes. These are two very, very important markets. The IWM and the transports. Favorite market leading indicator, IWM. Second favorite market leading indicator, the transports. A number one canary in the coal mine. Today we've got a dual canary in the coal mine. Again, the weekly close is going to come into play on the transports. Very important. If they close above that spot, 14760 I'll refine it a little bit, but it's close to that. Then they're going to have another leg higher. What about Silicon Valley people? The Qs testing the 20 period moving average. So we had the S&P 500 up, the transports up, the Russell up, the Dow up, and the NASDAQ composite down and the NASDAQ 100 down. Why is that? We're getting that merry-go-round of sector rotation again. There's nothing wrong with this chart as long as the trend remains in the upward direction. Down 90 or 95 cents, a quarter of 1%, ran a test of the 20 period moving average. We can't make a federal case out of that. They've essentially been eating time off the clock near or at the highs. That's it. Can they have a quick push higher? Absolutely. How about the XLF? Exceeded my expectations. I didn't think they would make a new high right away. I didn't think they would make a new high. They did make a new high. My target was 38. They're at 38.80. What happens if they close the week, Friday's close, at a new high? So they will have recocked the gun, gave up the 20-period moving average, only to recapture it by the skin of their teeth and took off to the upside, recocking of the gun, the trend is your friend until she throws you off the roof. About Smash Mouth, this is interesting. They never make it easy. One market seems to be a canary in the coal mine, says we're going higher. Then all of a sudden, you get down the road, you come to Smash Mouth, which is a representative of the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index. We talked about 263.86, and just like all the other markets, they had an opportunity to close above there again. Remember what happened yesterday? They did the little shimmy down, but they closed above it. That's a bullish sign. They did a dipsy doodle today. They could have closed above it, but they made the choice not to. Is this telling us something, or is it simply another bout of merry-go-round sector rotation? You see what happened in the last five-minute candles of the day, the last few of them. They could have certainly closed above. They just made a conscious choice not to do it. And keep in mind, Smash Mouth is a good proxy for the tech space as a whole. Now, if there's any concern across the markets, this is one of them. Obviously, there's a lot of concerns. The market climbs the wall of worry. But here's one of them. In the NASDAQ market, there's really two things going on. You have the top-heavy NASDAQ 100, 
And I believe the number is somewhere in the vicinity of about 70% of the stocks are above the 50-day moving average. And then when you compare and contrast that to the NASDAQ composite, that's a much broader index with thousands of stocks, but they're much smaller companies on average. So the market cap is smaller across the NASDAQ composite on average. And guess what? Nowhere near 70% of those companies are above the 50-day moving average. Now, I could have these numbers off by a little bit. I saw this published early this morning. I thought it was interesting, so I thought I would bring it to your attention. Shame on me, I didn't write it down, and I couldn't find it again. It's from memory, but I'm close. The concept is right. The breadth across the NASDAQ composite is certainly not as good as the NASDAQ 100. It's not a surprise. We know the top-heavy nature of the NASDAQ 100. It's driven by a handful of stocks. The names we know, Fang and Company, we know about all that. But it's interesting to remind ourselves that a healthy market does require a broadening out of breath. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. This is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.